few weeks ago, I was giving one of my favorite talks to one of my favorite clients. And the talk was all about how to build a powerful morning ritual, something that really sets you up for excellence all day long. And at one point, a woman in the session asked me a question. She said, as a mother, how do you get over the feeling of guilt that comes with taking all that time for yourself? Ah, I nearly tore my skin off when she asked me that question because I too have felt that gut twisting guilt over taking that much time for myself. I know that in my soul, I know that women feel this guilt more often and more acutely than men do. And I know that that guilt is tied to a much deeper truth about working mothers that we struggle to articulate. That guilt that we feel when we take time for ourselves, I believe it's tied to something poisonous in our culture. And this episode is my attempt to shine a light on how I've developed a working rapport with that guilt, with that conflict in the culture, with that deeper issue. And that deeper issue is really the voice that's constantly whispering to us as working mothers how can you be so selfish? You already leave your children and work full time. Now you're going to leave them even more to focus on yourself. How dare you focus on yourself, on your passions, on your ambitions? How dare you? And if you're a working mother listening to this, I know you know what voice I'm talking about. It's the voice of you're a bad mother. There is no greater insult no comment more hurtful than this one. In fact, the you're a bad mother message doesn't even have to be spoken out loud for us to feel it. It can simply be insinuated and we instantly curl up inside of ourselves like little roly polies. Or maybe that's just me. I'll never forget, I was riding, this was years ago when my kids were really little and I was riding with my husband on a bus with a gaggle of other couples. And we were headed from a hotel to a party that was being held sort of off campus. And I was sitting next to a woman and her husband was sitting and chatting with my husband on the bus. And when the woman asked me about my kids, I shared their ages and I talked about how challenging and exhausting it was to raise three small kids with both parents working. And she looked at me quizzically and said, why would you choose to work? and not be with your babies. It was such a gut punch. I don't even remember if I said anything. Like I literally don't even remember what my response was because she hit me in the most tender spot. She grabbed me by the, you're a bad mother. Because on one level, she was right to use the word choose. I could have chosen not to work. My husband could have and still can provide for us without my income. And I know a lot of women don't have that choice. I know there are so many women who would kill to be able to leave their jobs and just focus on their little ones. And the rest of the night, I turned that conversation, that comment over and over again in my mind. What's wrong with me? Why am I such a bad mother? Why am I choosing to leave my babies behind so I can focus on my career? In Germany, there's a far more interesting visual for this whole concept. In German, a bad mother who leaves her children to focus on her career, or better said, 
who has children and chooses to maintain and focus on her career. That kind of mother is sometimes called Raven Mother or Rabenmutter. Did I say that right? Rabenmutter. All my German people can tell me if I said that right. And the expression comes from the notion that Raven Mothers abandon their children before they can even fly. These Raven Mothers are so uncaring, the belief goes, so cold, so totally self-absorbed that they leave their babies to fend for themselves before their little wings can take flight. Bad mother indeed. So going back to the woman in my session who asked me how I get over the guilt of taking time for myself in the morning to meditate, to journal, to read something inspiring, what she was really saying was, Yes, I want to have a morning ritual that grounds me and inspires me. But if I take the time to do this, will I be a raven mother? And just beneath that question is another question. Are you asking me to choose between being a good mother and a raven mother? I could sense the ache in her question, the feeling of ambivalence, of being torn between two competing emotions the desire for time alone with your thoughts and dreams and the desire to not be a raven mother. It's a pickle, y'all. And here's what I want to offer. I say we reclaim and redefine what it means to be a raven mother. Because guess what I found out? Raven mothers continue to feed their young even once they're out of the nest. Raven mothers partner with the raven fathers to take care of and feed the little ones. Ravens have always been powerful, powerful symbols throughout history and in many, many cultures. In fact, it is believed that ravens protect the city of London from their roost in the Tower of London. The story goes that if the ravens ever leave the tower, the city of London will be unprotected and get this, Ravens apparently did leave the Tower of London during the Blitz and World War II towards the end. Their numbers were greatly reduced by the stress and noise of being bombarded every night, right? When the Germans were dropping explosives on them. But get this, when the Blitz began, the Ravens were used as unofficial spotters for enemy bombs and planes. And after the war, Churchill had Ravens put back in the Tower and the Tower Ravens were enlisted as soldiers of the kingdom and were issued attestation cards in the same way soldiers and police are. In Norse mythology, the god of gods, Odin, has two ravens who bring him information. Poetically, their names were thought and memory. In many Native American traditions, the raven is seen as the creator of light, the wisest of the birds, known for her adaptability, her cleverness, her insights. The raven is the first bird mentioned in the book of Genesis. I say we reclaim the definition of raven mother. And this means that we have to broaden the definition of good mother so that it extends out beyond the strict limitations of homemaker and hearth tender. And I'm not saying we exclude those beautiful, wonderful things from the definition. I'm just saying we broaden it to include more. I want us to move beyond a definition of good mother as always on time, always homemade, always rule following, carpool organizing, self-sacrificing, homemade costume making, 
organic non-GMO baby food making, scrapbook keeping, crock pot knowing how to operate, Christmas card sending, perfect ponytail constructing, PTA running, super mother. All of those things are wonderful, you guys. I'm not saying we abandon any of them, but they are not the whole story. In fact, if all of the adjectives I just listed were classes with grades attached to them, my cumulative GPA as a mother would be hovering at a C minus because I suck at all of those things. And I perpetually feel like I'm kind of a bad mother because of it. The real definition of what a good mother is needs to shift and change from woman to woman. What makes me a good mother is not what makes you a good mother. And here's the thing. A raven mother doesn't adhere to some culturally mandated set of values that don't align with her values. A raven mother is crystal clear about what she values, and she does her best to live out those values with joy, intention, intuition, clarity, mercy, imperfection. A raven mother doesn't see parenting as a zero-sum game. The idea that my children lose If I prioritize my own mental, physical, and spiritual health, that idea is false. It is a false choice. It is a lie. A raven mother embraces the word and and rejects the word or. A raven mother knows that in order to become all that she was meant to become, she must prioritize herself. And by self, I mean highest self. A raven mother knows that in order for her children to see a role model, an image of someone who is realizing their full potential in this lifetime, she has to become that person. And she has to ask for help whenever she needs it because she deserves it. And what that looks like, what that process, what that realizing of potential looks like is going to be as unique woman to woman as the fingerprints are unique woman to woman. So my friend, it is time to get practical. It's time to write out your Raven Mother Manifesto. It's time to ask yourself, what do you need to reclaim about motherhood? What do you want to establish as your North Star that guides you through the cultural minefields of expectations, gender norms, and all manner of shifting priorities that are always happening. What are the values your mother taught you that you actually do want to bring forward into the next generation? What do you love about yourself as a mother? What is your Raven Mother Manifesto? And while you're considering these very juicy questions, I'm going to share mine with you. And listen, it's a work in progress. But here's my Raven Mother Manifesto. Ready? I am a human being with purpose. I am a human being with destiny. Part of my purpose and destiny is to be the mother to Stella, Maddie, and Luca. They are the great joys of my life. The values that I hold dear as a mother to these three human souls are presence, unconditional love, stability, And that means psychological stability, energetic stability, stability of home and hearth, playfulness, mischief, and a sense of magic and adventure. A willingness to accept what I'm not good at and ask for help 
without apology. As a mother, I value authenticity. My children will tell me who they are and I will believe them. I value storytelling instead of lecturing. I value the act of listening without trying to solve. I value my own willingness to let my children fail where appropriate. I value my own willingness to let them struggle, to let my children become self-reliant. I value my authentic power. I use my personality and my God-given talents to serve others. And I do it from a place of joy. That is my power. I value the fact that I'm committed to helping my children figure out what their power is. I model for my children what it means to be powerful in this world. I am not a perfect mother. I am a raven mother. And I am a proud raven mother. That is my manifesto. And honestly, if on my deathbed, I can look back at that manifesto and know that I gave it everything I had, I will die a happy woman. And now it's your turn. What is your Raven Mother manifesto? How will you write your own rules, your own narrative that honors who you are and the magnificent, quirky, strange, marvelous gifts you bring into this world? Raven Mothers Unite, my friend. We ride at dawn. (laughs) And as always, I thank you for this time you've given me. And I cherish, cherish you as a listener. And as always, shine on. We need your light. And if you come up with something cool on your Raven Manifesto, please send it to me. I'd love to know what you're thinking about. I'd love to know what your special individual talents and gifts are as a mother. I'm at Bronwyn at bronwyncommunications.com and I'll see you next time. Hey, if you're still with me and you haven't already, hit subscribe so you can get my latest episodes delivered hot off the press and feel free to share this with someone who could use a little inspiration. If you're looking to go further on this journey as a communicator, head over to bronwyncommunications.com forward slash subscribe And on Monday mornings, you will receive a communication tip to work with for the week. And on Saturday mornings, you'll receive a short little email with three things I am listening to or reading or digging right now. Also find me on my new YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash this is Bronwyn, B-R-O-N-W-Y-N, where I drop new content every Thursday covering strategies for getting more confident during moments of conflict. And speaking of conflict, if you're dealing with a tough client or work situation and you need better skills for managing difficult conversations, check out my new online course called the No Enemy Client Conversation. And that is noenemy.bronwyncommunications.com. That's noenemy.bronwyncommunications.com. As always, you can find me on Instagram at bronwynsf where I offer a lot of behind the scenes insights into how I make all this content and run my business for those coaches and solopreneurs who need a little inspo. And lastly, if your company or organization needs a high voltage keynote speaker, who knows how to melt faces and blow minds virtually or in real life, I'm your gal. Shoot me a note, let's make some magic happen. That's Bronwyn at bronwyncommunications.com. Take care and shine on.